sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or if you have ideas or topics for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do that is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm joined in studio today by Dr. Jason Heron. Hi, Jason. Hi. Good afternoon. Good. It's good to have you here. No, people Thanks. might be listening in the morning or night um, or evening. Good day. Good Good day. Good day. Good day. <laughs> Uh, so Jason and I are going to be talking about English accents and how to do no. mm. <clears throat> We're going to be talking about um, your heart, not your physical heart, but the depths of your spirit, your soul, your being as a human person and how to really be attentive to that, that depth of who you are and what you are as a human being created in the image and likeness of God. So stick around. It's going to be a fun episode. If you've never listened to Ignition before, again, my name is Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Been in that role since 2002. So as you're listening, well, I'm rec- we're recording this <clears throat> on Friday, um, August 28th, Happy Feast of St. Augustine. Next Tuesday, September 1st, is my 18th anniversary with the diocese. Now, you're listening to this, listeners. I know it's later. It's like October, uh, I think, when you're listening to this. So hopefully I'm still here when you're listening to this. <laughs> um, so again, 18 years with the diocese is who falls. 20 years, 21 years, 21 years with my wife, Jermaine. We've been married for that long. She is from Ohio. I'm from Central Minnesota. But all five of our kids are born and raised here in sunny Sioux Falls. South Dakota. Dr. Jason Heron, who the heck are you? I am uh, the husband of Hannah, 18 years. 18 years. Uh, and father to six beautiful kids. And we live down in Yankton where I teach. Are you trying to one up me? Yeah. Always is? just one. Just, always just by one, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, uh, we live down in Yankton where I teach uh, in the theology and philosophy department at Mount Marty University. Right. What do you, uh, what kind of classes do you teach at Mount Marty? Um, kind of an introduction to philosophy, an introduction to theology, mm. introduction to Christianity, Ooh. Christology, moral theology, and every once in a while when they let me, English composition. <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah. That's that right. was your undergrad, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of them. And uh, I, uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to get him to let me teach a literature class too. Mm-hmm. Someday, maybe. Someday. Um, if you search back in the archives online, uh, Dr. Heron's been on the show many times. One of them, he told his story, well, part of his story, at least. I think we got up to your conversion and a little bit afterwards, but there's so much more to tell. Yeah, sure. Right. Another, I remember that. Right? We didn't really yeah. get much past the conversion. Not much. Yeah. It was a, it's a good story. Um, we're going to tell somebody else's story today, though. Um, this is one of the things that I like to do. We're going to talk about hearts again, um, but but we're going to be doing that through the lens of one um, one Catholic Catholic in particular. If you've been listening to Ignition for some length of time, you'll know that I like to do a sort of series with my guests. So um, a regular question that in a couple of weeks uh, Jason is going to be a- answering is, "What does it mean to be a Christian?" 
Another question, which he'll be answering next week, is what's a Catholic book that we should know? And the question he's going to be answering this week is who is a Catholic that we should know? So I don't have any special sound effects, so just in the wooden table right in front of me, Dr. Heron, who is a Catholic that we should know? I chose Monsignor Luigi Giussani. Monsignor Luigi Giussani. Giussani. Uh, Who the heck is this, you know... Funny sounding name, Luigi Mario's brother. I don't right, know. right. He's he he's from Italy. <laughs> he's Italian. <laughs> yep. Uh, he was uh, born in 1920 and died in 2005. Um, and he is the founder of uh, an ecclesial movement in the church called Communion and Liberation. Um, and that is rooted in the founding of that movement was rooted in his experience as a as a teacher in Italy. So, so can we pause there and unpack a couple of things? Sorry. Sorry. Sure. I don't help to throw off your uh, mojo. Is that no, right? all right. I was going to say is priest, teacher, founder of a movement. And then I was going to pause. Okay. <laughs> Shoot. I jumped the gun. Here you go. Um, ecclesial movement. What the heck is that? Uh, uh, who, uh, what? Well, uh, like, uh, you know, I, I'll be honest. This is a somewhat embarrassing. I guess a little bit. I'm still learning about movements within the, within the church. I mean, we're, there's like a billion people in the church, and then some people within the church get together and they live their faith in a certain way. The most obvious example of this is like forming a whole religious order right? where you are within the church and you are a Catholic, but you're living in a very specific form of life, Franciscan, Benedictine, whatever. Um, for those who do not join religious orders, sometimes... They might join like a third order. Um, lay people uh, in particular. Yeah, lay people who aren't going to join the Franciscans can become third order Franciscans. And then there are all also these other movements, spiritualities, some charisms within <clears throat> the church where you um, band together with people and live your faith in a, in a certain way, usually following the genius of a particular founder. Right, right. And so communion and liberation <clears throat> is is of course rooted in the gospel, but seen through the lens of the genius of, of Father Giussani. So um, one of our priests in our diocese who is involved in communion liberation, which is oftentimes abbreviated CL, mm-hmm. one of our priests involved in CL once. <laughs> so I'm part of the communist liberation front. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, they, right. You, wait, doesn't that, wait, what? Um, has nothing to do with communism or liberation theology. It's not a front. Um, it's an ecclesial movement within the church, which I know we'll talk about. Um, Fellow Luigi Giussani, Italian priest, born in 1920, died in 2005. Okay. Um, what about, wh- wh- why did you pick this guy to talk um, about? Well, we could start with, since since we're speaking about communion and liberation and the fear of communism, uh, we could we could begin with the strangeness of the, of the name of the movement. Um, in the history of thinking about persons and groups of persons, you kind of see a spectrum developing where you either have a surplus of communion, and so that's like fascism, mm. or you have a surplus of liberation, so consumer individualism. Right. And one, one end of the spectrum or the other. And for this group to be called communion and liberation, I think, yeah. is, is a really beautiful 
testimony to the power of the gospel to join the irreplaceable, unrepeatable dignity of each human person with the priority of the group and the the social context in which all of us are meant to live and in which we find the meaning of our lives. So I, I think just recently I was listening to a, a podcast, kind of a, a new polity. I don't know if you've heard of it mm-hmm. yet. New pol- a Catholic podcast. Yeah, it had some depth to it. And episode one talking about how um, so the, the theologian sort of doing the teaching in dialogue with, with a, a co-host was going back to the beginning, to Genesis, and pointing out about how from the beginning, um, uh, humanity, God's intention for humanity is that we, we would exist in community. God did not create, in the first in the first creation account, Adam and Eve are created together. Mm-hmm. Man, he created them. So the humanity, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So from the get-go. But this... <clears throat> This is really this is really provocative to me because it just showed how how much I still breathe the air of of a very ind- heavily accented individualistic approach to life in our country. Um, the 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 theologian um, said this Andrew Willard Jones, Doctor Jones said, um, when you think about humanity uh, and and the individual human person, it's like thinking about father a father and a son. So I cannot, if I'm a father that immediately implicates that there is a son Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. or daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, If I, if you, if I speak, if I speak about a son that immediately implicates, there's a a father Mm -hmm. or a mother, you can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. Uh, Similarly, the human person is the same way. Um, you think man, you must, in a sense, his point is you have to think woman, you think human person, you have to think community. Now that that's not how my default setting, if you will, as an, a, a West modern Westerner living in the United States of America, I think me, I think, well, me, and then I happen to marry my wife and we happen to have children. All these incidental people. Incid- right. Exactly. Is that right. kind of the, the point here? Well, I think that, um, father Jasani <clears throat> understood that. Uh, in the, he's a deeply modern thinker. I mean, or, or you, I guess you could say he's an ancient thinker who is very sensitive to modern struggles. Right. And he, I think, understands that um, within the church in late modernity, 20th century, um, 21st century, that we can be sort of tempted in either direction. <clears throat> mm. And to find the, um, the synthesis of, of, individual liberation within the context of community is like like the theologian potentially was speaking of uh, what we're made for. Um, and that was his way of understanding what why is there a church here? Right. I have to meet right, exactly. the people <clears throat> in and through which Jesus will liberate me. Right. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. Most of us in the United States have kind of a knee-jerk or default perspective on other people is a little more incidental than we when than we probably should. Right, right. So so back to Father Monsignor Luigi Giussani, founder of this moment community liberation, which is about finding liberation in the next of communion, ultimately communion with God, mm-hmm. but also including communion mm-hmm. with other men and women. Yeah, he's given us a method, uh the church being with the people uh of the church. Um he hasn't stopped working in the way that he worked with Israel. Right. By founding a people yep. in which I am able to encounter him. Great. 
Okay, so he's founded the movement. Um, what else? What else would be? Is it important for us to know? And actually, before you go on with that, I should mention, if you're just tuning in, this is Ignition, a broadcast for the new, for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, visiting today with Dr. Jason Heron about a Catholic who we should know, Dr. Heron thinks, whose name is Monsignor Luigi Giussani, Father Luigi Giussani, an Italian priest who died in 2005 um, after having founded, spent much of his life's work with an ecclesial movement called Communion and Liberation. So, so at the, at the top of the podcast, we, we said something about um, the, the human heart. I think one of the main reasons to pay attention to Father Giussani, he wrote, he wrote a, lot of, a lot of things, and a lot of them are accessible in English. Not everything yet, but a lot of them are. And um, I think one of the main reasons to pay attention to him is that he um, intervenes in a really important way in a, a controversy or, or a difficult topic that's that's very important for, for Christians, uh, and that's whether we can trust the human heart. Um, throughout, I think, the Church's entire history, you can find people who are overconfident in the human heart to uh, lead us to truth and goodness, and people who are over-skeptical of the human heart's ability. And um, Could you elaborate by chance on both of those extremes? Sure, sure. <clears throat> so um, we're Catholics, so we think we're, we don't really have a doctrine of total depravity of the human person. We think our nature is still fundamentally good because it's created by a good God. It hasn't been totally destroyed by sin, even if it has been marred or polluted by sin. And so um, we have some sense that the heart has some goodness. It wants some good things. It might be wrong about how to go about getting them. Uh, It might want some things that it should not want, but it's still capable of discerning some goodness out there and and wanting it in a way that's proper to a human person. Um, love is a classic example. Okay. There are Christians throughout the tradition who would say, look, there's, there's no way the human heart could possibly want anything without just the total rehabilitation uh, by, by Christ. And... On the one hand, that seems absolutely true, right? Grace is completely essential all the way down. But on the other hand, I'm—I don't happen to be a person who thinks that like pagans can't be virtuous. So that's a long debate: Can pagans be right. virtuous? Can can people without Christ actually be good? Uh, I think yes. So um, this these conversations about the human heart are longstanding because this is like. The origin of our problem that that the Lord is trying to rescue Self, us from, right? So it's a you know it's a deep and old topic. And oh, go ahead, go ahead. I want to make sure, and because I did this at the beginning. When, and so when you when you're speaking with the heart here, what exactly? Because I think listeners recognize um, if you didn't hear the top of the show, we're not talking about your physical heart, but are you just talking about emotions? Yeah, I'm talking about your the fact that we're spiritual animals. Just, I think it'd be okay to just say that. My, you might want to say spirit. My, you might okay. want to say soul. We don't have to have an Arist- Aristotelian conversation <laughs> right? about the soul. Yep. You know, the the spiritual center of your 
okay. being. Okay. That's what I mean by heart. Okay. So the other, th- so having said that, then the other thing that's occurred to, occurring to me, occurring to me, occurred to me when you were talking about these two extremes. So maybe the heart's orientation, my spirit's orientation towards what's true, what's good, what's beautiful, whatever. Um, the extremes are maybe on the one hand, if it's like a compass, that, that the compass is, compass is completely shot. Like it's not pointing at mm-hmm. all. At right. north, it's all the needle's around. gone. The, the, yeah, the needle's right. gone. The magnet's gone. It, it, You've got just bits and pieces. On the other hand, the other extreme, which we I think is a bit, probably maybe it's a bit self evident, which we haven't talked about really, but that it points due north, and you can just trust in it no matter what, baby. Right, right. right. What we're saying is, well, it the, there's yes a needle, no. yeah, but it's not always quite due north. Wonky. It's a little wonky. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, Father Jasani, um realizes that if we're going to say that or if we're going to repeat with Augustine our hearts are restless until they rest in God right and if we're going to believe that there is such a thing as a natural law and and repeat with Aquinas that there's such a thing as natural inclinations then it would be reasonable for Christians to trust or at least take a risk on following the heart okay and so he identifies the heart's fundamental desires um, as the religious sense. Mm-hmm. It's the title of his most famous book. And when you have an experience of truth, goodness, beauty, justice, happiness, communion, love, um, what you're having there is what he would call an elementary experience. It's, And he calls it elementary not because it's um, simple, but because it's basic, it's first, it's foundational. Um, and so you you can't imagine life without this desire. It is, in fact, the thing that keeps us getting out of bed in the morning. Um, the other animals get out of bed just to make more, like zebras get out of bed to make more zebras and to eat food. Right. And that's about it. Right. They might have a couple other projects, but <laughs> we don't know much about them and they're not very interesting. Uh but we get out of bed because we think maybe today I will have a greater experience of truth, a greater uh, experience of beauty, a greater experience of love than if I stayed in bed. And so the thing that is propelling us through life <clears throat> is this contact with these elementary experiences. Those fundamental desires. Yeah. So not my desire <clears throat> for ice cream or chips and salsa. Great desires. Great desires. Strong. Strong. Too right. strong, strong in my desires. case. Strong desires. <laughs> but we're talking about something deeper than that. Right. So Father Jasani, I think the the reason I commend him to our attention is that he is he is a master of teaching us how to pay attention to our hearts. Mm. Um now the, the I think one of the, the most sensible questions is, well, but the heart can just be wrong. I mean, we can just go back, like, yeah, okay, fine pay closer attention to the heart, but isn't the problem the heart to begin with, you know? And so we're back um, at the original question of whether we can even trust this thing. Um, and Father Jasani loved the the word sincerity. He would always say to his students, ah, yes, yes, true. But if you're sincere, if you're sincere, then you have to admit, and then he'd fill in the... Mm. And so I think that's what he would say... <clears throat> To us, if we said, "Well, yeah, but can't the heart go wrong?" 
or can't can I be mistaken about X, Y, or Z? Or can't is the heart really going to lead me? My desire for truth and goodness and beauty is it really going to lead me to Christ? And Father Jasani, I think, is really bold to say, "I think so. I think that's the way we're made, mm. and I'm willing to take a risk on it." And in the context of a group of friends, we can get better at listening to the heart and at being sincere about what we find there. And if we're sincere, then absolutely, we can't always trust the heart, but we know that. We're no longer following uh, the heart instinctively. So um, Father Pietro Rossotti, who's my, who's kind of like my superior in, in CL, um, he loves to remind us to not live instinctually or instinctively. Mm. but to live on purpose, live rationally, live with sincerity, and pay attention, be honest about what you find uh, in your heart, interrogate it, ask good questions, compare your experience to other people's. So with that's that's something that I want to dig a little deeper at momentarily here. Um, so comparing my experience to other people's, asking quick questions, because somebody might, okay, but my heart is my heart. I mean, I like what I I like, but you, and you like what you like, but you've already really um, anticipated the response to that because we all desire um, the, the, those, those fundamental things that you mentioned earlier. Um, I'm going to put them this way, peace, joy, love, um, beauty. We all, so that, that's where one thing that you might hear if you've been around CL people or read Father Giussani very much, the human heart is the same or the human heart is mm -hmm. one. So mm -hmm. yes, Jason Heron and Chris Bergwald are two different people. And yes, we have our unique uh, dimensions of who we are. We're, we're, we're different children of our Heavenly Father. And yet there's a real way, in, we, we, but we share the same nature. We're both human beings. And as such, we have the same fundamental desires. Yeah, and I think that one of Father Giussani's uh, <clears throat> strengths is his willingness to to locate all of this investigation and experience, rather than just simply speaking abstractly about mm. human nature. He just says, "Well, I, I mean, we can say yes. We're all the human heart is the same across cultures and throughout history. We all want love, joy, peace, truth, goodness, beauty, um, and just leave it at that." But then, of course, you go throughout history and you go around the world and you find a lot of variation and cultures seem really different. And things that were once frowned upon are okay and things that are were okay are now frowned upon. And, and um, there seems to be a lot of change and variation. Maybe we're not, we're not always all the same. And I think father Jasani's response i don't know but i think father Jasani's response would simply be well let's just keep measuring it mm. what else can we go on right let's keep talking so um the fact that cl is a global movement i think is really important and the fact that cl routinely encourages cross-cultural encounters uh is kind of a continuation of that spirit, the confidence that if I take a risk on human experience and I take that risk with sincere people, our hearts will start to, the needle will start to, to point in the right direction and we, and we will be heading toward Christ. Now, I think that that could be interpreted in sort of a Pelagian way. Like, sure. well, if we just sit around in this group hard enough and, and work hard enough, sorry, and then maybe we'll arrive at Christ. But I think what we're basically saying, what Father Giussani is saying, is if we 
do this work with the human heart, what we discern is that Christ is among us mm. and he has been here the entire time. And the truth, the goodness, the beauty, the peace, the things that we have wanted, they are him. And our desire has been from him and for him all along. And now we see it clearly and we see it day, day in and day out in the most mundane, ordinary experiences. And after that starts to, after we're a bit able to see that or perceive that, the world really does seem to be charged with grace. So we've got about two and a half minutes left, Jason. Um, we've talked about who he is a little bit um, and, and about the movement and, and, and the sort of the inspiration behind the movement that he's brought. Um, that's great for you. Why should I care? About, actually, no, no, I mean, no, no, I tell you, why are you fascinated by this man and what he's offered to the world? Uh, I'm going to give hopelessly nerdy answers. Okay. I don't know if that's, uh, <laughs> but I won't go into too much detail because I do think it would be, it would take too long. It'd be too nerdy. Sure. But I came out of my PhD program with a lot of, um, unsettling questions about how to be a Christian mm. and, uh, through meeting the people in CL and through studying Father Giussani and through listening to Father Giussani as he asked me to take my life seriously and to be sincere about uh, what I find when I listen to my heart. Uh, I've, I think I've started to find several really important answers to questions that I've had about how to be a Christian in the modern world, um, about how to relate to people who aren't Christians uh, and I think that's increasingly, this is a podcast for the new evangelization. I mean, we're, we're increasingly surrounded by people who right. are uninterested in what Jesus, who Jesus is and what right. he has to say. And so Father Jasani to me, has been um, a powerful resource for understanding my faith in, um, in a really strange modern context. So similarly then, that's why... He's your answer to the question, who's a Catholic that we should know? Because sure. in our cultural context, late modernity, as you said, early 20th century, um, United States of America, um, it might be helpful for us to know a little bit about the the man and the and his thought that is Luigi Giussani. My friend Andrew said it best. He said, uh, Father Giussani unlocks my modern mind for me. And I, that's been my experience, and I think it's been the experience of a lot of people. What does that uh, unlocks my modern mind for me? What does that mean? It helps me understand my <clears throat> position as a modern person trying to wrestle with mm. a faith that's 2,000 years old. Gotcha. Okay. In a group of people that the world is now seeing as irrelevant. So you guess you kind of already said this. So for you and, and potentially for others who are listening, um, Father Giussani has offered a way for you as a 20, somebody living in 2020, um, as strange as 2020 has been, but living in 2020, whatever it worked out to be as a Catholic and how to mm -hmm. live as mm -hmm. a Catholic in 2020 mm -hmm. in the United States of America. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair summary. That's a fair summary. Great. Thanks for being with us today, yeah, Jason. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, folks, uh, Luigi Giussani, L U I G I, and Giussani, which I spelled this earlier, G I U S S A N I. Google them. You can find writings online. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, my name is Dr. Chris Bergwald. And until next time, dear listeners, and may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm -hmm.